and welcome to Cinebraskans, the daily Nebraskan entertainment podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Cruz, and I'm joined by my co-host. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is David Berman. Um, I'm the Daily Nebraskans co-editor of the COVID-19 section, doing some cool COVID stuff. Um, and I also do this podcast. You think COVID's cool, David? Well, okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> we, do, we do cool coverage on a not cool subject. As well as. <laughs> uh, I'm Mia Everding. I'm a grad student and a co-host of this podcast, and that's all I do. And yeah, as I mentioned, I'm Kyle Cruz. I mainly just host this podcast, write some movie reviews for the DN, and stress out about college. That's just, that's my life right now. Why are you stressed about college, Kyle? If you would like to talk about it on a podcast. <laughs> There's just a lot, a lot of reasons. Okay. A lot of reasons that are, I feel like are typical stressed about college reasons. I was yeah. going to point out that you're a senior, but I that's am a it. senior. I, I graduate in a couple of months. He's like, in case you didn't remember, you're graduating in a few months. <laughs> yeah. Hey, How does that I make you feel? I, I had completely forgotten about it. <laughs> Huh. Not on the mind at all. You're um, welcome. Hope well, you haven't missed any deadlines. Well, the, the perfect way to alleviate stress is to talk about some movies. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, as usual, we'll start with our, our first segment of the week, which is What Have I Done? What Have Done? What and what have I done is the segment where we just talk about what, what we've been up to for the past week or so, what movies or TV or whatever we've been watching. Um, and yeah, as usual, Dave, let's start with you. What have you been watching? Yeah, so today I want to talk about the two G's of pop culture, Garfield and Game of Thrones. Um, <laughs> Did you rehearse that? I just thought of that in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, after watching WandaVision on Friday, um, just it was like 11 a.m., me and my roommates were like, yeah, we just watched WandaVision. That was pretty good. And we were just kind of sitting there. And in like the featured bar of Disney+, Plus. Garfield 2 just scrolled by and I don't know why we just I just clicked on it kind of as a joke and just I assumed we would immediately stop watching it and then we just watched all of Garfield 2 <laughs> and so um I honestly did not even know that there were live action Garfield movies I had no idea what I'd never seen them um I haven't seen the first one <laughs> but I now have seen the second one um so for those of you who don't know it stars Bill Murray as Garfield a pretty good-looking CGI Garfield. Like, for, like, 2006 or whenever that movie came out, it looks pretty good. Like, it looks pretty much just, like, what Sonic looks like in the mod. Like, I think it... Kyle's making faces at me. <laughs> when was the last time you watched Garfield 2, sir? Uh, it was probably, like, when I was eight. Yeah. But <laughs> even then, I remember being like, this cat's a little weird. Like, it's... <laughs> it is weird, but I think it's supposed to look weird. And he... Garfield is clearly not as real looking as any of the other animals in it. And because it's weird because the other animals that talk are just normal animals mm. who just, they just make their mouths move. But just, just for Mia so she can see. Oh, no, I've been Googling it. Okay. So <laughs> oh, yeah. Mia knows what Garfield looks like. Um, I think it looks pretty good. Like, I think it's for a 2006 CGI cat that is in the whole movie. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty solid. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty bad kids movie, but I think I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, it's, card, it's called Garfield Garfield 2. I think it's just called Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties. Um, it's about um, Garfield, and so his owner, I'm not really brushed up on Garfield lore, so I don't know. John. Yeah, Garfield's owner, John. He, he's, he's going over to England because he wants to propose to his girlfriend or something. And so Garfield stows away. 
um, and goes to England. And it turns out that there is a cat that looks exactly like Garfield, whose name is Prince. Fun fact, <laughs> uh, voiced by Tim Curry, but it was originally going to be voiced by Prince, like the singer Prince, <laughs> uh, which would have been so much better. Um, but yeah, they get... It's it's Mia. It's kind of a it's kind of a princess switch situation because they get they they switch. Oh my! And one is and the the fancy British Garfield is now Garfield, and Garfield is now the fancy British Garfield. One mm. might also say it's a tale of two cities situation. Listen, yes, but no. I'm, I'm going to say it's more like a princess switch. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a it's 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 you know it's a Garfield movie. But yeah, I just thought that was amusing. Um, also, I've just started watching Game of Thrones now. Um, I've watched the first two episodes. And yeah, it's pretty good. Like, I, I, yeah, I've never watched any of Game of Thrones. I think I've heard, like, secondhand, like, I understand generally who's going to die and in what way, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I'm really, like, drawn into it yet, because I may have only watched two episodes. And I, I'm like, this is good, but I don't, like, I understand why people like this, but, like, for me, I'm just not, like, I really like this yet. Yeah. But I'm sure I will once it's, like, not a, as much about setup and whatever. So. Yeah. Um, the first season of Game of Thrones definitely gets better as it goes. Um, the first season and the first book are that way. Um, that, like, towards, towards, yeah, once you get, like, in the second half, it's, like, yeah, it's very, very good. Um but now for our favorite game, what does this movie have on Rotten Tomatoes? What do you think Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties, has on Rotten Tomatoes? 15%. Close. If you had to guess, Mia, what would it have? Okay. Well, I was going to say 58. You were going to say 58? I don't know. I haven't seen it. 58, final answer. Uh, uh, it's got 10%. Oh. Nice. It's not a 10%. Like, it's, it's a... Kids movie from 2006. It's exactly what I expected wow. it to be. I don't think it's like bad. Like it's not good, but it's like it's it's a fine kids movie. It, it, he makes lasagna. He talks about how he hates Mondays. Like that's all you could possibly <laughs> want from a Garfield movie. So that's um, great. Yeah. Uh, so what what kind of like made you decide to start watching Game of Thrones now? Um. So one of my roommates, Tim, he left and went back, <laughs> and went back to uh, Houston for a few weeks where he lives. Um, that's like not super related, but it is because <laughs> he had seen Game of Thrones and he didn't want to like watch it again with me and my roommate Jeff. Um, so now that he's out of the way, like so pretty much like while he's gone, we're going to try to watch as much of Game of Thrones as we can. So then he doesn't have to like watch all of Game of Thrones with us because um, both of us haven't seen it. So yeah. I'm sure it'll. I'm sure I'll like it because everyone does. So. Let let me know more of like what you think of it as you go through the show because I definitely will. Yeah, once upon a time, Game of Thrones was my favorite show. Yes, I can. I can see. It's just I'm like this is right up Kyle's alley. Like, oh yeah. He he. I can just imagine you just being like, yeah, yeah. dragons, man. You know? It's pretty. It's pretty good. Dragons. Um. But yeah, moving on to you, Mia. What have you been up to? Well, I feel like. I just am boring every single week. I will, although I did have a good rant last week about Taylor Swift, but I feel like I just, I was talking, I think I was talking to you about this when I drove you to work the other day and I just don't watch new movies. I think I just love the movies that I love and have seen. And I just rewatch those and rewatch those. But I feel like I had seen everything that I wanted to watch recently enough. I was looking, I was like looking at my Netflix list 
And I was like, wow, this is a great list of movies. I want to see every single one of these. And it was my watch again list. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that makes sense. This person has great taste. So I didn't watch what I'd wanted to watch. I wanted to watch a ghost story, but I think I've seen that one too recently. So I watched Thor Ragnarok. I was also sad. And like I was saying earlier, Taika Waititi just makes me really happy. And I think it's a fun movie. It's I've also been on a Marvel kick recently, and I, I, it's probably because of WandaVision. <laughs> That's probably why, yeah. But I, watched, I wonder why I'm I wonder into why. watching Marvel things right yeah, now. Yeah, you know, it has, it has a reason. So I think it's just like a comfort thing as well, just familiarity and yeah. So I watched Ragnarok. It was great. I was like grading as I did it. So I had it in one tiny window, and then I had like my grades on the other side. So it was like not really doing the movie justice, but it was enough to like listen to it and then like look at the screen every once in a while. So it's a great movie. Very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the thing that's still kind of about Thor Ragnarok, like makes it one of like my favorite Marvel movies, is the fact that. So obviously they they brought on Taika Waititi to do that. Yeah. Um, and Gorg. when they when they when they made that decision, I kind of was like, yeah, that's cool. But also Marvel definitely has their formula, so I wasn't like s- super expectant that mm. it would they would let him make a Taika Waititi film. Mm-hmm. Um, then the joy I had watching <laughs> that movie in theaters the first time and just say that they just let him do what he was gonna do um because like that movie is undeniably a taika Waititi movie like just like it's the sense of humor and just like the way the just absurdity of it all is just so drastically different than anything else in the mcu um that yeah it's it's, it's very very good i think what i really liked about it too like they it i think it's the first one where you really like see thor's sense of humor and then that's continued like in infinity war and endgame um and I think that that, like in like Thor: The Dark World, like that one is just not fantastic. And I think those ones like take themselves too seriously. And like Thor is a very very serious character. And then Ragnarok, like he just, I mean, it's his own film. Like it's a standalone sort of, or I guess not really standalone, but like they, Taika, I think like breathed a lot of like humor into his character, which I think is good for his that was a really stupid sounding sentence <laughs> i think my mind is just shutting down so that's all for well, me well that's perfect for the start of a podcast the start of a podcast um, uh. yeah uh as far as what i've been watching um so i've got i've got two things here to talk about uh first is the father um which is a film that's opening at the ross this friday um it's been getting a lot of uh kind of awards uh buzz around it because so it stars anthony hopkins and uh, olivia coleman um and the basic like story of the film is anthony hopkins plays olivia coleman's dad um and he is they don't like specify his age at any point but he is a, a very old old gentleman living in london who is um, I don't think they ever specified that he has Alzheimer's, but he's just experiencing se- a severe memory loss because because of his age. Um, and so the entire film is about just like him dealing with that, as well as uh, his daughter uh, Anne is the name of uh, Olivia, Olivia Coleman's character. Um, just them dealing with that and her figuring out like what the best way to to take care of her dad is. Um, but what really there's two things about this movie that really make it stand out um the first is that most of the film is told from the perspective of anthony hopkins character who happens to be named anthony um (laughs) um so 
the way that they they handle telling this story from the perspective of a character who is having a lot of issues with memory loss is they there's points in which they like recast characters so that when they enter the room and start talking to him like you've never seen them before and so it kind of gets you in the mindset of like he's never seen them before so his reaction seems uh kind of very i guess genuine like it feels mm-hmm. like uh like a legit reaction that you would have in that situation um, and so it kind of is very disorienting. And then on top of that, there will be points in which like mid conversation, it just kind of switches. And then all of a sudden it's about something entirely else or, uh, something entirely different or like one moment he'll be talking to someone about this thing that is going to happen. And then like without, uh, any sort of transition or anything, like the conversation just suddenly switches and it feels as if it's like five years later and like all of these things have happened and you just had no idea what happened and it's very disorienting. Um, and so it's, the whole film is kind of hard to follow, but it's purposely very hard to follow. Like you're kind of trying to put things together, but the film is purposely kind of not providing you the answers that you need. Um, and I thought it was really effective in that. Um, but then the second thing that makes it stand out is Anthony Hopkins' performance. Like, obviously, Anthony Hopkins is one of the best actors out there. Like, I, uh, when I was writing my review for this, I looked him up on IMDb, and he's been nominated for uh, an actor, uh, uh, an Oscar five times. He's only won once um, for Silence of the Lambs in 92. <laughs> um, and I guess, like, three of his other nominations came, like, in the years following that. And then he wasn't nominated again until, like, three years ago. Just because I don't know what was the one that was a couple years ago, Thor. Yeah, uh, last year he was nominated for the two popes. Oh, okay. Um, Have you seen two popes? I haven't. I really like the two popes. Yeah, doesn't he play uh, not the current pope, but the he last plays pope? Benedict. Previous pope, yes. <laughs> Previous pope, <laughs> Benedict the whatever. He's Benedict. Yeah. Benedict the, the Roman numeral. I think sixteenth, because I looked it up the yeah, other day. Yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah, it's a lot of Benedicts. It is a lot of ben- Benedicts. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, Anthony Hopkins is absolutely fantastic in this movie. He's very, like, he never portrays his character as, um, as dumb or as, like, ignorant or anything. Like, he portrays his character very much as someone who doesn't realize what's happening, um, and still thinks of himself as kind of like a normal functioning human being, and he's just trying to figure out, uh, just whatever situation he's in at the time. Um, and so his situation is entirely out of his control and he's not really aware that there is a situation to begin with. Um, and so it's, it's the whole film is kind of hard to watch because it's so sad, I guess, (laughs) but it's never like trying to make you cry sad. It's more so just like somber and depressing because of the situation. Um, which yeah, it's, fantastic i think anthony hopkins he hasn't like he's been getting a lot of praise for his role in this movie but he hasn't been like winning a whole lot and i haven't seen a fair amount of movies that are getting a lot of oscar buzz right now just because i don't have time for anything right now um <laughs> but your job kyle yeah. is to know all things about movies at every every moment of every day <laughs> um but based off of this i would like not have zero complaints if anthony hopkins won an oscar for this just because he is absolutely incredible in this movie um but yeah transitioning from there i've also been watching a lot of spongebob lately nice. uh, <laughs> two very similar things <laughs> yes um so 
yeah, uh, um, Kayla and I just finished up watching through the office for the the nth time um, <laughs> recently, and we were like, well, what do we watch now? And then SpongeBob was on Amazon Prime, so we're like, you know what? Let's let's watch some SpongeBob. Um, so we're like just over halfway through the first season right now, and we've kind of just been throwing it on whenever, and it's a ton of fun. Like I. I as I don't know if I've mentioned on this podcast before, but I've at least mentioned to you guys, like I wasn't a, like quote unquote, wasn't allowed to watch SpongeBob as a kid. My parents just like weren't into it. And they're like, no, no, we are a no SpongeBob household. I still watched SpongeBob as a kid. I would watch it at my friend's houses and I even watched it at school. Illegal the, black market SpongeBob. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So like, I'm still a very SpongeBob, uh, I'm, I'm a member of the SpongeBob generation, I guess. Um, s- s- some some youths sneak alcohol. Kyle sneaks. Kyle snuck SpongeBob. Yes, hundred percent. <laughs> Very um, clearly <laughs> delivered as well. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> yes, um, but yeah, and so like just over halfway through the first season, um, and yeah, this show is delightful. Um, and like there, so far, there hasn't been an episode that like I haven't remembered from when I was a kid. But also, I haven't watched any of this since I was like probably like ten. Um, but yeah. Uh, it's just a very, very strange show, and like, there's moments that I'm like, this feels very kind of, I don't know, not for kids. <laughs> like, there, there's moments where like the animation is like low key terrifying, <laughs> um, and there's just like random little jokes here and there that like no child is going to understand. Um, but it's just, it's a ton of fun. It's it's a lot of very physical humor that kind of reminds me of Monty Python every once in a while, just like in its execution and seeming randomness. Randomness? Is that, is that I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think that so. That sounded weird, but I think I said it correctly. I think I, think I said so. what I, I meant. I think so, yeah. Um, but yeah, SpongeBob, it's, pretty, it's a pretty good time. Beautiful. Were you guys were you guys SpongeBob kids? Um, I too was um, a kid who wasn't really allowed to watch SpongeBob. I was we were very much like a Disney Channel house, and I think there is like a bit of like Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon. Like their shows are a little bit, a little bit more like mature. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're saying about SpongeBob not being completely for kids is right, and like it is. But I think a lot of Nickelodeon Cartoon Network shows were a little bit more like I don't know this is not the right word but like edgy like like not really bit. but like, like just more not... so than Disney was very like clean cut because it's Disney so yeah. meanwhile Cartoon Network had like the grim adventures of Billy and Mandy yeah and yeah. like Ed Ed and Eddie yeah and, I yeah. was that was I was not watching any of that <laughs> I I wasn't big on uh, Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy as a kid but I watched a lot of Ed Ed and Eddie I watched a lot of Camp Laszlo and Ben Ten man all the shows. This is this is just a lot of throwback, but yeah. What about you, Mia? No, no, I was a very well. I wouldn't say sheltered, but I also only watched nature shows and the Veggie Tales. So yeah, Veggie Tales is pretty good though. Very good. Oh yeah, Veggie Tales is very high quality. Like good I, animation, good songs, good stories. I I would watch I would watch Veggie Tales now. Oh yeah, yeah. very good. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I guess from there, we'll just jump into our news for the week. Um, And yeah, there's some interesting news stories this week, to say the least. Um, We don't have a lot of comic book news, so the only kind of comic book-y thing that we want to mention um, vaguely deals with with Avengers Endgame, but it's more so in the sense that uh, James Cameron's classic 
20 whatever 2009 2009 i think I think, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right uh film avatar that is obviously universally loved um <laughs> is being re-released in china um to i guess just promote reopening movie theaters um and also because i guess it's only a few million dollars behind avengers endgame for the highest grossing film of all time so there's a good chance that if it, plenty of people go out and see avatar in theaters again in china it'll reclaim that number one film of all time spot um which is just kind of funny like i kind of anticipate that these two films will get re-released every few years and just keep leapfrogging each other um yeah what do you guys have to say about this yeah i think it's you know i think if if the um reason behind doing this is like we got to get that record back like i think that's extremely silly but just very funny just like well and i guess it's all disney now anyway so like it's not even it's just like one movie that is now under disney's control over a movie that disney produced so it's like it doesn't even matter like at all it's like disney has every big movie ever now so it's like meh yeah I don't know. I just is very dumb to me. I think just like accept what has happened, and also very very stupid now that it is all Disney. Like, I don't know. Just... Don't you love the free market? <laughs> no, yes. I don't. Just I do. Focus on better things, I guess. It just seems very dumb to me. <laughs> so. Yeah, I I I can agree with that. Um, so the next bit of movie news. Uh, I'm actually going to toss over to David because David seems very excited about this. Um, so David, why don't you go ahead and take it away? Yeah. So today I believe, um, it was announced that Elizabeth Banks is going to direct a thriller, uh, called cocaine bear, um, with, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller of, uh, Lego movie and spider verse and 21 to 22 jump street fame. Um, they're going to be producing, um, and yeah, I, I, one of my roommates like sent it to, to me, um, and just like said like in all caps, like cocaine bear. <laughs> Cause like, that's like what the title was like on the tweet that he sent. It was in all caps. So it was like, he was shouting cocaine bear. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, not much is known about this movie. Um, but it is loosely inspired by, um, real events that took place in Kentucky in 1985 where a 175-pound black bear died, sadly, after ingesting a duffel bag full of cocaine. Um, the cocaine was dropped out of an airplane by a convicted smuggler because he was carrying too heavy a load while parachuting. And that's all we know about this movie. It just it just called Cocaine Bear, and I guess there's going to be... Like, we better, we'd better see that Cocaine Bear. Like, it, is it going to be funny? Like, because it's Lord and Miller, so, like, maybe. Or is it just going to be, like... Because it says it's going to be a thriller. So I, don't, I don't really know what it's going to be. It's going to be a coked-out bear terrorizing hikers. That would be great. I would love that. I, yes. I would love an hour and a half of a coked-out bear. Like I think that would be very, very good. Um, Mia, what is what is your pitch for Cocaine Bear? Um, oh, if, pitch. What do you want to see out of Cocaine Bear? Out of a movie called Cocaine Bear? I, I, saying, cocaine, <laughs> saying Cocaine Bear so many times, like it... My brain does not understand it anymore. <laughs> it just loses all me. Yes. <laughs> well, I feel like just because we've seen 21 and 22 Jump Street recently, I'm picturing it as like a just two dumb guys or women, doesn't really matter, um, 
I just have men on the brain, I guess, because it's 21, 22, but... Just men on the brain. Yeah, you know how it is. Mia's got men on the brain. <laughs> I don't like this. Um, I'm seeing them, like, being actually, actually, oh my gosh, you know Parks and Rec? The two hopelessly, they're, they're like, stoner guys. Yeah, who are in the, the animal control guys. The animal yeah. control, I could see that. Like, with... I would love that. I'm saying. That'd be incredible. Trying to catch a cocaine bear. Because they just want the cocaine. Well, that might be a little too... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I can, I, there are many directions you can go with the cocaine potential. bear movie. <laughs> Who do you... Th- uh, do you want someone to play the cocaine bear? Do you think it would be a bear? I want it to be... Um, Seth Rogen as... Co- Seth Rogen is per the perfect cocaine bear. Yes. I feel like he is just cocaine bear himself <laughs> yeah i was i was gonna say uh i want to see terry notary do the mocap for it uh <laughs> i think that would be just good. Re- do the same thing he did for the dog and call of the wild and yep. just call it good yep i think that would be perfect do you think That's it'll be good. the same bear from the revenant but he's just on cocaine it better be it better get be. leonardo DiCaprio back do you think it'll be winnie the pooh but he's on cocaine he's <laughs> 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 trying to think of famous bears it's a regular bear but when he's coked out he thinks he's winnie the pooh yeah <laughs> That's that's it. That's the, <laughs> that's the movie. We need to email Lord and Miller. Excuse me, Elizabeth Banks. Hello. We have this idea for your I cocaine bear movie for something that you've already thought through. Yep. yep. Perfect. It's good. Um, but yeah, moving on from there, uh, we got the news. We got some news regarding uh, the latest Steven Spielberg project of what he's going to be directing next. Oh, I think this is. A few years off still because so obviously he's got um Jane West Side Story. West Side Story, yeah. Which I mean he's already of. done with. Yeah. So that's that coming out, out in December. Um then I think he oh he's I keep thinking he's directing Indiana Jones five, but that's James Mangold. Mm-hmm. Um hmm. so does he have anything else lined up? Oh, um, I'm sure he does. I, I feel like he definitely does. He's what he's got lined up is just yelling about streaming services. <laughs> Important <laughs> business. Yes. Yes. Um, all he has in the works for directing is yeah, West Side Story and pre-production of the kidnapping of Edgardo Mortera. I feel like um, we talked about that. Huh. The treatment of a young Jewish boy forcibly raised as a Christian in 19th century, 19th century Italy creates a furor which pits the papacy itself against forces of democracy and Italian unification. And Mark Rylance is in it, and he's the Pope. Makes sense. That yeah, checks. Checks out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so Steven Spielberg is directing a feature film that's loosely based on his own life. So it's kind of a an autobiography of sorts um, with Michelle Williams uh, cast as his mother, or at least the, the film version of his mother. Um, I feel like this is a logical conclusion or a logical next step for Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's reached the point in his career in which he can... I feel like very few directors can be like, you know what? I'm going to make a movie about my life <laughs> and have it have everyone be like, yeah, I'd see that. Yeah. Um, but if anyone could do it, it'd be still Steven Spielberg. Um, and so, yeah, hmm. I'm, I think this will be really interesting. Um, I don't know very much about Steven Spielberg's life, so I don't know what the what the context contents of this movie would be. Hmm. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think? Yeah. Cool. Like, I, I'm sure sure he has an interesting life um so he'll <laughs> just be like this is how i made jaws and it's just like he's directing someone pretending to be him just with a big shark maybe i, I think it'd be hilarious so i don't i assume this is through uh amblin and what what studio was it that produced jaws 
Um, and like most other things he did. I feel like that was Fox. I feel like Steven Spielberg was a Fox guy. Um, yeah, but if this isn't through them, right. I think it would be hilarious if it was just like uh, the film version of Steven Spielberg directing movies that are definitely just like Jaws and that kind of stuff, but they don't have the rights to Jaws. And so it's like just random Ooh, other things. I think that could be fun. That would be yeah. really funny. Yep. I like I that. That would be good. Don't think it's supposed to be a funny movie, but yeah. I could see it being, yes, that'd be good. Huh. Interesting. I'm just looking up his Wikipedia now. Fun fact about him. His mother was born in 1920 and died in 2017. And his mother, his father was born in 1917 and died in 1920. 2020 so it was like 1917 2020 1920 2017 math he's waving your hands around while he's trying to do it makes sense like that charlie day meme from yes Yes. um so yeah uh don't have much else to say about that i guess um so Got some news regarding uh, Disney's live-action Pinocchio, which is being directed by Robert Zemeckis. Uh, got some more casting for that. Um, so uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is going to be playing uh, uh, Lem- Lemony Snicket. Uh, I'm, I'm reading. <laughs> Jiminy uh, Cricket. I'm, like re- so. I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I shouldn't okay. have done that. <laughs> so Mia typed this into the doc okay, and but... wrote it out as Joseph E. Gordon-y, Joseph e. Gordon-y Levity Lem. Levity, Lemony, Snicket, Cricket, and Cynthia Revo as Blue. Okay, okay. So, I, so this is, all right. This is <laughs> What's part, the story this here? This is partially me. So I was writing, I, I was going through the doc, trying to trying to do you a service by by putting the news in our, in our, in our document. Um, and so I just thought of, like, I was thinking about Jiminy Cricket, and I just was like, let's just put a Y after all of the parts of Joseph Gordon-Levitt's name. And so what was there was Joseph E. Gordon-E. Levity Cricket. And then Mia went in. And added lemony snicket for some reason. Because so, levity lemony snicket cricket sounded good in my brain. Yeah. Maybe so, it's just like do. having an aneurysm reading it. I'm like <laughs> you trying like, to talk about this like, movie and just like you were not like, understand lemony, lemony snicket, snicket cricket. I'm, who is this? I'm sorry. I really should have not done that. So yeah, he's playing Jiminy Cricket. Jim- <laughs> Classic Disney even, character Jiminy Cricket. You didn't even cricket. put Ian Jiminy. No, because I was like... It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle knows what we're talking about now. So. Yeah, so Joseph Gordon-Levitt is playing uh, that cricket. Yeah. Um, and Cynthia Erivo is playing the blue fairy, which I don't know anything. What is the, That's bl- the, the blue fairy? That's the fairy that gives that makes Pinocchio Pinocchio. That's oh. like, I'm going to make this doll a boy. Okay. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. Hmm. She'll probably um, sing. It. She'll probably sing a song. Yeah. Yeah. And Cynthia Erivo, uh, Cynthia Erivo is a, is a good actress and also a very good singer. Very good um, singer. Yes. So yeah, that that checks out. Yeah. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like not in anything anymore. I know. I was so gonna say that. I like. I feel like this. I'm I'm just excited to see him in something. Yeah. Even though we probably won't see him in this, it'll probably just be his voice. I want Joseph Gordon-Levitt to do the mocap for a cricket. I. I think it should be a, a combination of a CGI cricket and just like part parts of Joseph Gordon-Levitt's face because I feel like he's a crickety, he's kind of a cricket-like man. I don't know why, but I think he's just like he has kind of like a whimsical. Just do it all in prosthetics, no, no, no makeup or no visual effects, just purely prosthetic makeup. And and we I don't even we don't even shrink him down. He's just a giant green cricket man. Oh. Be perfect. And he's like, yes. hey Pinocchio, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> If Pinocchio's like, oh my god, 
a giant croquette. This is actually, this is, uh, this made me think of, there's that bit in Barry, the TV show Barry, where there's that guy who's like, I was, I did the mocap for Pinocchio. Yeah. It's very good. So. <laughs> Shout out to Barry. A very, very, very good show. Barry's a very, very, very good Barry. Yes. Yep. Very, very Barry. Um, he's in, um, he's a voice in Knives Out. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is. Yeah, he's like a, he's, he's a detective. I think he's in the TV show or like the thing that um, oh. Anna Diarmas is watching at the beginning of okay. her family, yeah. like like the fake, I think like telenovela or whatever they're yeah. watching. I think he's in that, or he's like the voice of a police officer. I yeah, don't know why, it says but Detective just, Hard Rock voice. Didn't uh, I say because he he, he started, started Looper? In, yeah, he started yeah. Looper, okay. which so was one of uh, Ryan Johnson's first oh, films. Oh, makes so sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I I forgot a. Uh, He's Joseph in... Gordon-Levitt was in Trial of the Chicago Seven. Yeah. Oh that. yeah, yeah. He was very good in that. He was he was really good in that. Yeah. I feel like I kind of because he's not really a main character. Like he's yeah. just a prosecutor. There's a lot of like big name actors and yeah. fantastic performances in that movie, yeah. so it's easy to get overshadowed. But yeah, he's pretty. Yeah, he should do more things. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. Remember after the Dark Knight Rises came out and everyone was convinced that Joseph mm. Gordon-Levitt was going to be like Robin and he was going to be like the next like big star. Um, yeah. And that didn't happen. It just didn't happen. Because they were like, in that movie, they were like, yeah, your name is Robin. Instead of being like, oh, hello, your name is Dick Grayson. Yeah. They're just like, you shouldn't use your real name, Robin. It's <laughs> like very on the nose. Yeah, you're very, right. Very good. Um, so yeah, moving on from there. Uh, there's a new Star Trek movie in the works from Bad Robot uh, and the writer of Star Trek Discovery. Um I don't care about Star Trek. David's our Star Trek boy here. So, David, what do you think about yeah, this? Yeah, I'll talk a bit about Star Trek. So, there's, like, by my count, at least a million Star Trek movies in the works right <laughs> at now. At least. At least. Um, I Apparently, this is the only one, like, actively in production. I Because they did that. Quentin Tarantino was going to do one, but now he's not going to. Like, he's, like, for sure not doing that, I think. Then, like, Josh Hawley. What did Josh Hawley do? Uh, uh, he was the uh, showrunner of Legion, um, and he had done a few other things. And wait, it's not Josh Hawley, because that's the... Or that's no, the, Noah Hawley. Noah Hawley, because Josh Hawley is, is the senator. Correct. Um, <laughs> yes, so Noah Hawley was going to do... Another, he was going to do one, and he was going to do, like, specifically a sequel to the most recent Star Trek movies. Mm-hmm. But maybe now that's not happening. I had not heard that that was not happening now, but maybe it's not because now this one was announced. We don't know what this is going to be. This could be like a Star Trek for a continuation of that. It could be just some random Star Trek movie. It could be a Star Trek Discovery movie, which I would not like and I think would be dumb because no one watches that show. <laughs> and I don't feel like it is at all reached the status of let's make a really big budget movie off of this TV show. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Star Trek is mostly at its best in TV when it can do like episodic storytelling. I think that's when it's at its best. Um, there are great Star Trek movies and I think, you know, if there are Star Trek movies in the coming, I think, I think Paramount would want to do that. Um, yeah, this could be fine. Um, so the writer of this, uh, her name is Kalinda Vasquez. Her, she's like named after a Star Trek character. I don't know specifically which one, but like, so that's, I guess that was fate. Um, and yeah, she has written some episodes of Star Trek Discovery and has worked on like Fear the Walking Dead. Um, 
so yeah could be whatever like i and bad bad robots doing this which is uh jj abrams's um production studio so maybe he'll direct it again which i think he did a good job with the star trek movie so sure um yeah as i've said i star trek discovery is not very good it has its moments but it's mostly really boring so hopefully it is not hopefully she does not bring just like let's just do exactly what we did the star trek discovery into this movie so that is that is it for star trek talk uh, yes yeah. this this, uh, this episode do you guys do you guys care about Space Jam? Are you are you guys were you Space Jam kids? No, I was not. I w- kind of was. My brother was a big Space Jam kid, uh, my older brother, and so therefore I watched a lot of Space Jam as a kid. Um, so I'm curiously excited about a sequel to Space Jam. There's been talk about this for a long time, um, and so we got our first like actual look at Space Jam as a, a, a new legacy or something yeah. like that. Um, which comes out this summer. Uh, starts with LeBron James instead of Michael Jordan. Um, and yeah, I don't really have much to say about this. It looks like Space Jam. It looks like a basketball player with the Looney Tunes. Um, <laughs> and I know David got excited earlier in the week about like the kind of like synopsis that came out regarding uh, this first look. So I'll, I'll hand it over to David because he can probably explain it better than I can. Yeah, so I think... We had heard rumors about what this movie was going to be, and it doesn't really seem like it's going to be, like, playing basketball for most of it. It seems like it's just going to be a trip through the Warner Brothers serververse, is what they're calling it. Um, So, yeah, so the official synopsis is LeBron James is playing a heightened version of himself who struggles to relate to his young son, Dom, not played by his actual son, just played by some some kid um and his son is more interested in creating games than playing them um and so when dom's tech skills draw the attention of a cgi humanoid named algae rhythm like algorithm (laughs) uh played by don Cheadle, um the father-son duo gets sucked into the warner 3000 entertainment serververse with the ai kidnapping dom in the hopes of stealing some of the king's a.k.a. LeBron James, Instagram followers. <laughs> that sounds insane. And so as part of this, the like confirmed like cameos in the serververse is um, Casablanca, which is, that is like the most insane one to me. Because like how and why and what? Like, is it just going to be them like going into scenes from these already established movies? Is it going to be like, they're going to film new stuff. Like, they obviously can't do that for Casablanca because everybody is dead. <laughs> um, and, like, it's just going to be, like, an actual scene from Casablanca and Humphrey Bogart is just doing whatever. And then just, like, hmm. Bugs Bunny just shows up. <laughs> like, that's going to be so weird. Um, so it's, yeah, Casablanca, The Matrix, Mad Max, a bunch of DC characters, and apparently more. Um this very much has like Ready Player One vibes to me of just like, I think it's just the end is just going to be like a million characters just running at each other and fighting whatever, some random aliens or an algorithm man or whatever the hell the villain is in this movie. <laughs> um, this will be very bad, but like I'm excited for it because I, I have seen the first one. I saw it like last year for the first time, but yeah, Space Jam, man. I just don't get why Casablanca is like 
on the list if this is a movie that's like like who is their prime audience is this going to be a nostalgia trip or is this going to be like this is a kids movie I think it'll pro. My guess would be it's like nostalgia trip. Okay. I, I like. I'm sure kids would be into this, but I feel like this movie is made for the kids that like grew up yeah. watching Space okay. Jam. And then I guess, I guess some Warner executive was like, "Well, we can't just ignore all of our classic movies," and so they're uh-huh. like, "Casablanca." I guess Casablanca is one that a fair amount of people know. Bugs Bunny will just run behind. I want to see Bugs Bunny as Humphrey Bogart. That'd be great. That'd be very good. Um, yes. Yeah, I've like, based on what we've seen from like the characters, it doesn't seem they're like, they're not like two D animated, which I don't like because yeah. I I like the Looney Tunes when they're like classic Looney Tunes looking characters, but these are just like three D CGI mm-hmm. people. I don't I don't want to see yeah. that. Like you know, so but yeah. Space Jam. It'll be bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be it'll be interesting at least. It'll be interesting. Um, yes. And this is one that's also going on HBO Max uh, day and date. I think in June, sometime this summer. I think. Wow, that so feels Jan close. Release date. You know what's coming up really fast? What? Godzilla versus Kong. It yeah, it's like, like this month. Yeah, it's like two, three weeks away. Wow. Yeah. Space Jam Two is July 16th. Mm. Hey, that's my birthday. <gasps> Happy birthday. Happy, happy early Space Jam birthday. Yeah. That, is that what you're going to do on your birthday yes. is watch Space Jam? Yes, it you is. Should. You should all celebrate wow. with you by watching Space Jam. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've also got a few uh, just changes in release dates um, that we'll just quickly go over. Um, oddly enough, we have one movie that moved up as a result of uh, COVID vaccinations, and we have one movie that moved back as a result of just the pandemic as a whole. Um, so A Quiet Place 2, which had previously been slated for, I believe, a September release of this year, um, has moved up to Memorial Day weekend uh, in the end of May. So that's very exciting. We've been waiting on this movie for a minute. Um, so, yeah, just excited that we'll finally get to see it. Um, but then, tragically... Minions of the Rise of Gru has delayed a full year to a release date of July of 2022. Um, I know you're both very upset about this. I um, am crushed. Let me tell you, heartbroken. I was looking through the like comments on Twitter about like that from that specific Minion tweet, and people were like really mad. Like <laughs> like, and I don't know if it was like a, just pe- people trolling or whatever, <laughs> but it was like. We got to live our lot. Like, it was all, like, the anti-mask and just, like, we don't care about COVID rhetoric, but specifically about minions. And it was really funny. It was like, mm. we, we, have to live all, we have to live our lives. You can't suppress us. And like that. You can't suppress Gru. You can't suppress Gru. <laughs> minions can't get COVID. <laughs> and that's what makes sense in this scenario. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I just Oof. thought that was very, very passionate minion fans on yeah. my Twitter. So. I'm going to do a quick Google and see when the first uh, Minions The Rise of Gru trailer came out. Because I know they've already had like a full trailer it's for this. It's been a while. Um, I guess it was February of 2020. So it was supposed to come out that summer. That's not too bad. So like just over a year ago. Yeah. Um, but now it's going to be two full years. Yeah. Wow. Two full years. Two, we got our taste of Minions and now we just don't even get it. Yep. It's very sad. Do you think... David, when this movie comes out, you will have graduated college. Unless you fail. Yes, I will fail just so I can be a college student while seeing Minions. There you go. <laughs> that makes too. sense. Yeah, yep. I think so. Yeah. Um, so then this is kind of related to release dates, but 
I don't know. I just kind of threw it on there because it was vaguely related. Um, but so Disney had a big uh, investor call today, um, which they talked about many things. Uh, but uh, somebody specifically asked Bob Chapek, who's the new CEO of Disney, about uh, their release plan for Black Widow, if they were going to be moving that to Disney Plus or delaying it again or whatever. Um, and as of right now, they're still committed to an exclusively theatrical release at the beginning of May. Um <laughs> I still have my doubts. I don't think that's going to happen. I think, again, I think they, they, I don't know what numbers they did with Ryan the Last Dragon on Disney Plus this past weekend, but if that did well, I would assume that they'll just do that, just do a premiere access with Disney Plus, which I feel Solely? like is, uh, yeah, hmm. um, or uh, maybe both. I'm, like, I'm um, assuming it will release in theaters some places. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think at this point they'll just be like, we're not putting it in theaters at yeah. all. Because is Raya playing in theaters? I think so. I'm pretty sure. I feel like I haven't seen anything about it being in theaters. It is. Yeah, it oh. is playing in theaters. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I I think I really doubt it's going to be just theatrical. I think that will not make sense at that point. Um, and would make a lot of people mad by just being like, you have to see this in a theater or else, like, sorry, you know, like, you have mm. to. Yeah. In a still most likely very risky time, you still, you have to see, you have to see this movie in theaters. Yeah, like, we are less it. than two months away from the release yeah, date of this movie. That does not seem feasible, so. Yeah. <sighs> and, yeah, with all of the Marvel content coming out this summer, I think they just need to get it out so it doesn't mess up continuity or they don't have to move around post credit scenes or whatever they need to do to yeah make sure i agree it makes sense so. yeah um and yeah and we can talk more I, I have more to say about that but we can talk about that with wandavision later um so yeah moving on we got a couple quick things for tv um so the disney plus percy jackson and the, the olympian series that we are all very excited about here oh yeah um has rick riordan i guess confirmed that the show is going to be having a similar budget to the mandalorian and wandavision so it appears that disney's like going all in on this thing um which is exciting very encouraging um hopefully that means that at least they do something with it right um i i I still think that the first like percy jackson movie wasn't garbage but it wasn't great the second one, though, was just a train wreck. Bad. It was really bad. Um, so it's got to be better than that, at least. Like, there's really nowhere to go but up from here. You guys have anything to, to say about this budget for Percy Jackson? I'm very excited. I mm-hmm. think almost a little bit surprised that they have, that they're putting their full financial might behind it, but I that's great. Like, I think if you're going to do it right, like, I, I would not want it to be some half-baked and very cheap-looking Percy Jackson series. Um, And so, yeah, I'm very excited for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as well. I was looking at um, what, basically what people were saying on Twitter about, like, casting choices. And, I mean, I'm excited that they're, like, taking the young age, like, the actual age of Percy into consideration. Because I think that, uh, like, it was saying that, like, Riordan... um, was like no like the age range for my readers is like nine to 12 years old and i was like well as a 23 year old i beg to disagree <laughs> but um beg to differ that was two phrases put together sounded wrong um but i think it's that's just exciting but also kind of scary like that's a big role i don't know um i saw speculation it might be young sheldon uh <sighs> 
Yeah. What's that kid's name? Oh, I don't know his name. But the, <laughs> the kid who plays young Sheldon in the show Young Sheldon, I'd be very upset. The, I can't see it yeah. working out. I still think that, like, back in the day, like, uh, Logan Lerman was perfect casting. Yeah. As, as I think, Jackson. like, age-wise, he is a little bit older. Yeah. But, like, look and... I thought he, I think he does like a good job with a not good movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I hope that they get him back for like some role in this. I think that'd be fun. Like, yeah, as just like an adult at that camp half blood or something. Yeah, have him be like a counselor yeah. or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the last bit of TV news uh, is something that personally makes me very sad, um, and that's Kim's Convenience, uh, which is currently airing its fifth season in Canada. Uh, has not been renewed for a sixth season. The show has been canceled, um, which I've mentioned on this board, uh, on this show before uh, that I'm a big fan of Kim's Convenience. I think it's hilarious. It's just a very genuinely good sitcom um, that, yeah, just makes, makes me very happy. Um, and so, yeah, it's sad to see it canceled. Um, I, I saw some of the reactions from the cast on, on Twitter and it seemed like they were all kind of blindsided by this, like Simu Liu, um, who plays uh, Jung in the show and will be playing Shang-Chi uh, this summer, um, mm-hmm. said that like he fully anticipated that they were going to be coming back for season six and that he was like just as shocked as everyone else that this was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I read into it a little bit as to like why this is happening. Uh, apparently, the, the two showrunners... Uh, once they finished up like production on the fifth season, um, they went to, I don't know what Canadian company it is that produces this, but they went to them and said that they were moving on. They were going to, to tackle different projects. And that company, um, decided that they weren't comfortable bringing in new showrunners cause they were, uh, just afraid that they were going to mess up the spirit of the show. And so instead of trying to find someone else to come in and continue it, uh, just decided to stop it, just cancel it altogether, which makes me very sad. Um, there's part of me that has like a sliver of hope that like maybe Netflix or some, or some uh, streaming service like that picks it up. Um, if I had to guess, it would probably be Netflix if that were to happen, just because it's like the show's already on Netflix and it's doing very well on Netflix. Um, so I'm not like optimistic about that, but I think... That would be the, if it were to get renewed and uh, get picked up by anyone else, it would probably be Netflix. Um, but yeah, I'm not holding my breath on that. It just makes me makes me sad. Um, just because, yeah, there's a lot of storylines that just aren't going to play out. Like, hmm. just weren't, aren't going to be completed, which is kind of yeah. disappointing to see. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It's always sad to see a show not get its chance to like a a show that already is established and has a fan base it's sad when it doesn't get a chance to like end and have like a definitive ending that's always always just leaves a bitter taste in your mouth so Mm -hmm. i'm sorry for your loss kyle Mm -hmm. it's a sad sad day yes um but yeah so moving on from there we'll just jump into our main topic for the week uh and our main topic uh we're just going to talk some wandavision so wandavision wrapped up this past friday uh, on disney plus the first uh live action mcu or the first mcu proper show in general um that like isn't 
at all in question. Like it's canon. Like yeah. it's like one hundred percent. Like it's not it's not yeah. like Agents of Shield or Daredevil or that kind of stuff where like it's kind of canon but kind of not, yeah. but mostly not. Um, like this hundred percent is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um so yeah. I guess we'll just go around first and just give overall general impressions of the of of this uh, series, I guess, because it's a limited series. They're not coming back for a season two. Um, so yeah, David, we'll start with you and then go to you, Mia. Uh, what's kind of your overall impressions of WandaVision? Yeah, I think um, overall, I really, really liked it. I thought it was very fun idea, very good concept, um, executed very well. I think I talked about it on this show. Um, I was skeptical at first because you know, going in, I understood, you know, it was, they're trapped in a TV show or something. And I think the first few episodes didn't really draw me in with that. And I was like, yeah, okay, I understand that premise. Like, where is it going from here? Um, But I thought the mystery of it unraveled pretty well. I think, um, yeah, I, and this is something else we can talk about, but like, I really liked that this was coming out every week, just like one episode a week, because just really keeps it like in the public mindset for you know eight or nine weeks and i really enjoyed all of the the discourse and fan theories and just kind of people talking about this show was really fun for me um and something i just really enjoyed um yeah i think this really took two characters who i liked but didn't like feel super attached to and made me love them like i think Scarlet Witch and Vision are like top tier Marvel characters for me now because, you know, they're they're not characters who ever got their own movies or really a lot of their own development. They were just in in like the big Avengers movies was the was what they were in. Um so it was just really nice to kind of get more of their let them develop. Um and I thought both Paul Bettany and um Elizabeth Olsen were great. So yeah, overall, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I I feel like I was, I'm just reading like the Wikipedia um, article, just like summarizing each episode because it feels like ages ago when I first started it, even though it's like, oh, I guess January. That's wild. I feel like it went by like that. Yeah. But also waiting for it was like <laughs> counting down the days. But um yeah, I think overall, I didn't really have much interest in watching it. I think I only watched it because my boyfriend was like, hey, let's watch this together. And like, I also knew that we'd want to talk about it. But um, I have never really had that much interest in them as characters. Um, and I feel like the the big movies that they're in kind of, yeah, I mean, they don't do their characters justice. Like I'm thinking of like um, an Infinity War when they're they get attacked by the two, I don't know agents of thanos i don't remember their names yeah yeah the guy with the spear and that one lady with like the hair lady with the hair yes spear and lady with the hair right and then captain america's entrance anyway i feel like they're not like you're supposed to care about them a lot in that moment but the last time we've seen them together like they haven't really showed that romantic interest i think correct me if i'm wrong but i think having this tv show now will give so much more depth to to their characters and then like we'll make watching those movies again like a lot more fulfilling to be like this hurts so much when wanda had to kill him and like it's just going to be a lot more emotional and i think um 
yeah just give more depth to the characters so and i liked i mean it's really really well written very very clever and just like made me i don't know like (laughs) there's just always something that's like a little wrong and i really like that so yeah waiting for for the reveal was um i think the end was satisfying so yeah Yeah. um i agree that i think the show did an excellent job of taking two of probably the like least developed characters in the marvel universe um and really kind of just going like deep dive on them and taking some of the the characters that had the least um kind of like emotional like development from the mcu and giving them arguably the most emotional development of any character in the mcu um it definitely like upgraded both of their characters to like a tier marvel characters like now uh wanda as the scarlet witch is like undeniably like one of uh probably the most well-known like marvel like heroes like it from from the current mcu mm-hmm. um which is just really exciting to see um and it gets me very excited to see what they do with these shows moving forward because there's obviously like dozens of of uh disney plus marvel shows coming down the pipe um and so if they're all like at least like almost as good as this i think we it's a very good time to be a marvel fan um what did you guys think about like the finale of 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 wandavision because so it seemed to be like building up to some kind of grand finale um and then personally like i i enjoyed the finale i thought it was a really good finale um i will say that like there was a point in which it was kind of just like i guess spoiler alert for the finale of of wandavision yeah i guess spoilers Uh, for all wandavision things yeah don't listen to this if you haven't seen it um like there came a point in which it was just kind of two versions of vision punching each other and shooting lasers and wanda and agatha harkness throwing glowy blobs at each other um which like that at that point in the finale i kind of like checked out a little bit i was like we've seen this time and time again like this is kind of a generic marvel fight scene (laughs) however i will say um that the scene in the library between the two versions of vision was incredible yeah um just like talking about ships and i was like i'm super into this i love this like great (laughs) it totally fit with that character that like if he was fighting a version of himself like sooner than later he would just stop and they would logic it out um (laughs) which i thought was great um mm-hmm. just made me made me very happy um but yeah just generally what did uh what you guys think about the finale yeah i think i i, I agree with you i re- i enjoyed the finale i thought it was a really good episode i think a lot of the criticisms and i think pe- people who were disappointed with this episode um i think that was maybe a bad part about this coming out over eight weeks was there was so much their fan theories and speculation and i don't know how much you guys are like tied into that i know you are kyle yeah like you know watching like new rock stars videos like breaking down every episode <laughs> and trying to figure out who's the big bad of the show and i know people were like mephisto's coming he's the big devil guy and he's gonna be the big bad and when they were like there's like oh there's an aerospace engineer who's gonna help us people were like it's john krasinski and he's gonna be reed richards and like that's that's gonna happen in this show and like that's for sure happening and then like I thought it was really funny when, like, Paul Bettany was, like... Paul Bettany, I think Matt Shakeman, who was, like, the showrunner of this, was, like... 
you got to just, like, chill, guys. <laughs> like, you need to, like, temper your expectations. Like, you're going to be disappointed if you go into this last episode thinking the mutants are coming and the Fantastic Four are here. Like, people legitimately thought that. And, like, to, like, be perfectly honest, I was very hyped for, like, what if John Krasinski shows up? Or, like, yeah. what if Professor X walks, walks through a portal or something? <laughs> or Doctor Strange shows up at the, at the end. But I think... So I think people were disappointed by that because there was there were such like weighty expectations for the show. Personally, I'm actually really happy that it didn't end with like some giant big reveal or a huge like Mandalorian level size cameo at the end of like spoiler alert, like Luke Skywalker's just here. Like I think that's that would have kind of betrayed all of the rest of the show and made it not about Wanda and Vision. And ultimately, that's who it was about. Like, it just was very much about them and their relationship and setting them up in the MCU going forward. And that's fine. I think it was a really simple ending. You might say safe ending in some ways. I was okay with that. I think, like you said, with it was just people flying around in the sky with lightning and there was a there was a sky beam it wasn't a blue sky beam but it was a red sky beam this time so yeah. they they didn't they didn't fully do that trope um but it was people just shooting power and absorbing power and yelling about getting power and so like <laughs> that i think and it's like two of like the best witches like in this universe i think you could have come up with a better fight sequence than just throwing blobs of energy at each other but yeah. <laughs> But at least it looked good. I think it looked. I think there were some. There were a couple. Moments there were a couple that... bad CGI, and like I think like Matt Shakeman said that he was like, we didn't get to fully finish some of this because of COVID. Yeah. Um, mm. I think some of the bits uh, in specifically the Vision on Vision fight looked a little a little wonky. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I granted, think... like a lot of Marvel movies have kind of wonky CGI in their big fight scenes. Yeah. Um, Just don't focus on any character too hard. Yeah. Like, you yes. can kind of blur your eyes and, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Mia, what did you think of the finale? I don't know. Um, well, like I said, I wasn't as into this as you two were, and I wasn't, like, doing outside research or anything. But, um, so I don't, I don't think my expectations were, like, super, super high. I think I did... I was looking forward to, like, them introducing a new character, um, but I think the way that the episode eight ended with, like, White Vision being a thing, I think that's what he's called, right? That's, I think, or, colloquially, that's okay, what people have been okay. referring to him yeah. as. And I feel like that transition then between episode eight and episode nine, like, okay, that makes sense. Like, this is the character that people are hypothesizing about. Um, and I think, I don't know, I feel like I maybe had a couple questions like like when Westview Vision like basically gives White Vision the memories and then White Vision just like takes off he just kind of yeets out of there he's yeah. like see ya and then just it does not I think that again. that's gonna be addressed in a future movie oh, yeah. I think so yeah. like with a very clear meaning but also now we just have to wait <laughs> and see like wh- why why like why didn't he go help wanda i don't know yeah. so i think that was like the, the big question that i had at the yeah. end but yeah I, yeah i think um just kind of generally like like you were talking about dave uh i think that this show has i guess highlighted an issue of sorts with a show as big as this 
from the Marvel Universe with as dedicated fans as they have coming out week to week. Like, I support, I enjoyed the week to week release. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it uh, extended the conversation um, a lot more than it otherwise would have been. But I do think that it, there were a lot of people that really kind of got out of hand with fan theories and got their expectations way too high. Um, like, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see if the the disappointment that a lot of people had as a result of this finale changes that at all. Um, like, if that kind of tempers some of the fan theories for, like, Falcon and the Winter Soldier or Loki or whatever other Marvel Disney Plus shows there are. Or if it's just going to kind of keep going the same way it has been. I kind of anticipate it's just going to keep going the same way it has been. Because, like, if the, I was trying to think of it in, like, if they had taken... Captain America Civil War and like split that up into a couple parts and release that like bit by bit people would be analyzing that like endlessly between releases um, and I think people would probably have been like disappointed by the end of the by if, if you split it up and get to the end of that movie I think that's a great ending but I yeah I think doing it in this episodic format someone's going to be upset that like their theory wasn't correct yeah. and like I think there is kind of a fandom entitlement of if my theory isn't correct, then I'm upset. And I think that would, we saw that with like star Wars, like that's everywhere. So yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess in an interview uh, recently, I don't know if it was prior to the finale of one division or afterwards. I think it was afterwards. Um, Kevin Feige was, I guess, directly asked if um, the Disney plus shows are like if someone wants to could they only watch the marvel movies without the disney plus shows and have it still make sense and he said yes um that um i guess just in a in a recent interview i know he had like said something other than that yeah, in the he past. said the exact opposite yeah I <laughs> um, but i guess now they're running with kind of mm -hmm. the the mentality that you can watch exclusively the movies and you won't miss anything like terribly big like there will definitely be like holes that you can go back and fill in yeah. with wandavision um, and all these other shows, but like, there's not going to be like a civil war level event that yeah. happens in a Disney plus show. Okay. Um, that makes, that makes which, sense. Um, so like, I was personally like a big fan of the theory that like this show was going to end with like Wanda ripping open, open the multiverse, which I kind of think it still teases in one of the post credit scenes. I agree. Um, yeah. but it doesn't like explicitly happen in the show. Um, <laughs> and I think that kind of makes sense cause it still sets that up. I still think that we'll get a multiverse, probably a, either a Mephisto or a nightmare or something, but they're just delaying that a little bit so that you get all that big stuff probably in doctor strange in the multiverse of madness yeah um saving that for like the big screen hmm. um which i'm sure will be very satisfying to see now that we've been kind of all introduced to these characters even though they haven't been on screen at all now we're generally aware of what's coming um because of all of the intense fan speculation um but yeah i guess i don't really know where i'm going with this um <laughs> But uh, what do you guys think of Evan Peters just not being anybody? I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I, that's kind of like I didn't expect him to be like nobody, but that's yeah. kind of like when he showed up, I was kind of immediately like, no way, that's Quicksilver. Like, there's yeah, you, yeah. I'll I'll give you credit, man. You were like, I was like X Men man, and you were like, I don't know, and I was like, you're wrong, <laughs> but you're right. So good job. Yeah. Um, I thought 
I thought it uh, was interesting that they tied together that he was Ralph, um, who um, I guess Agnes had been referring to as her husband throughout most of the show. Um, so I thought that kind of worked out well. Um, oh. She was like, Ralph, my husband Ralph is over there. Ah. Like, oh. we never saw him. That was just him. Interesting. Yeah. Ralph Boner. Ralph Boner. <laughs> I thought like giving him that last name was kind of just like a really kind of unnecessary but hilarious dunk on fan theories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, like I think I sent you guys this tweet of like um the Jake Gyllenhaal scene from um uh Far from, Far from Home where he's like, Oh, he named my thing Barf, but it was like they named my favorite X Men character Ralph Boner. <laughs> it's <was> very funny. <laughs> um It's good. Yeah, I thought that was I, thought that was hilarious i think equally hilarious was um paul bettany just being like yeah yeah man there's a huge cameo it's someone i'd never worked with before i think we have great great chemistry and it was just him yeah very very funny yeah very very good <laughs> i feel it's like good. marvel will tell him to be like don't don't do that again man because like people got <laughs> people got really mad yeah i think that the the i guess with all the the speculation and all the kind of uh conversation that resulted uh, from like Paul Bettany's interviews and that kind of stuff with this show that kind of serves as a cautionary tale to every other Marvel actor in these shows moving forward. Uh, just kind of like, don't joke around too much. Cause people are going to take what you say extremely seriously. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you guys have any, cause I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about like moving forward with the Disney plus shows mm-hmm. as well. Um, but before we get to there, do you guys have any like closing thoughts on WandaVision? Yeah. Um, I wanted to see what you guys thought about, the general sitcom format and kind of how that evolved during the show and like whether you think that like stuck the landing in a good way i thought it worked um they definitely like i feel like the first few episodes if you watch those not really knowing where the show's going uh they they are a little strange but i think so i haven't gone back and watched the show all the way through yet um I, i want to i just don't have don't have time for it right now um but i i have a feeling that going back and kind of binging the whole season as a whole it's going to make it work a lot better it'll make it flow a lot better um and you'll be able to notice a lot more details that they're setting up suddenly Mm -hmm. for later on um so yeah personally i thought it worked really well they did kind of just ditch the sitcom thing in the last few episodes which kind of makes sense considering like the direction the show was going and the whole thing was falling apart um yeah, I thought it worked. Uh, what did you think, Mia? Yeah, I think so. I was a big fan of how it changed because I think it made it just like very fresh and it was fun to kind of anticipate the different looks um, for each episode. So I really liked it. And I didn't ever feel like this is like super jarring to skip from like one decade to the next. So I liked it. Um, but I, I can see also how they managed to like write themselves out of staying with that sitcom um feel just by i think especially like what they did with darcy like who was like watching the show i think that helped to kind of like bring it out of the unreality and then put it into like darcy's reality of like this is actually happening so yeah i think it worked really well i liked it yeah (laughs) yeah yeah what did you think about that, Dave? Yeah, I think um, it was a natural progression for them to kind of ditch it at the end. I kind of assumed it was going, because I think 
people who weren't, you know, aren't huge Marvel fans liked this because it felt like it was a different, it was very different from anything Marvel had done, and it was a totally different format and a different way to kind of understand these characters. And I think all, some people were disappointed that it just ended with kind of a classic Marvel-y ending of a bunch of people fighting and superpowers happening in the sky and whatever. So um, I think... I kind of I think we mostly understood like yeah like you know this will be different to an extent but it won't it won't go full on like this does not at all feel like a Marvel thing and it still had to have still had to have the you know scenes when everyone's looking at a screen and talking about science and people <laughs> throwing energy at each other so yeah yeah but yeah I thought it overall evolved pretty well so yeah uh, before we move on just real quick want to say how cool was her scarlet witch outfit it's very cool. it's very very <gasps> good crown. <laughs> so cool <laughs> yes. it's, it's very it's very good it's definitely like a top tier marvel costume i, agree. I think mm. yeah. it's very good yes um but yeah uh so we've got five more marvel disney plus series this year um so i kind of want to just quickly wow. go over those ones talk about which ones you guys are most excited about um and whether or not your anticipation has changed at uh or not as a result of one division so we've got obviously not this friday but next friday uh the premiere of falcon and the winter soldier very excited about that um loki is coming out june 11th uh what if is coming out sometime this summer um miss marvel is late this year and hawkeye is also late this year um so i guess of those five shows uh which one are you guys particularly excited about or are there any that you're not terribly looking forward yeah. to yeah I think, like, the one that I'm least excited for, not because I think it'll be bad, just because we just don't know as much about it, is Miss Marvel. Like, I just don't know exactly how that'll fit. I'm sure it'll be really good. I think it could. I'm sure it'll tie into Captain Marvel, and we could see, like, Monica Rambeau show up in that. Um, I feel like all the rest of the rest of them... I feel like What If is something I'm, like, excited for, but it's not going to be... I, It'll just be like a fun show. I'll just watch. Like, I, it won't be something I'm super invested in because that's not really what it is anyway. Um, the other three, I'm really excited for. I think Loki is probably the one I'm most intrigued by because it feels kind of like a Wandavision, just like very weird. And I don't really know exactly what it's going to be about. I feel like we Falcon and Winter Soldier probably won't have like a ton of surprises in it. It'll just be like it's a Captain America movie but it's six hours. Like I feel like it's just going to be like that and kind of similar with Hawkeye. I'll just be some arrows and some punching. So, but yeah, I think <laughs> I'm very excited for Loki. Very interested to see what Owen Wilson does in that because that's just still very strange to me that he's going to be in that. Um, and yeah, I love Tom Hiddleston. So what about you, Mia? I'm probably split between Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki, um, which is nice because those are the, first two or the next two that are coming out but i feel like based on the last trailer for falcon and winter soldier that got me really excited for it, just seeing the chemistry um that's hopefully going to be touched on a little bit more um between those two i don't really i feel like i haven't really heard that much about loki and so i as it gets closer and we get more maybe another trailer probably i assume yeah we'll get another one okay i'll that'll like ramp up my interest um and then the other three like i kind of forgot about so (laughs) i just had to look up what 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 if is and i think honestly that sounds really cool i love what if scenarios 
butterfly effect is cool, so I think... Well, I guess that's not the butterfly effect. 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 I can't speak. That's fun. Um, I'm excited about that one. Probably least favorite, or least looking forward to, is probably Hawkeye. You don't want to see Jeremy Renner teach someone else how to shoot an arrow? Teach Haley Steinfeld how to shoot an arrow. Yeah, I don't know. I'm very excited because Haley Steinfeld's cool. Really? And her costume looks pretty cool. You haven't seen Uh, Dickinson, Mia. This is true. Dickinson, she's very good in Dickinson. It's the I only thing I've like seen. I feel like I haven't <laughs> Have really liked what I've seen. Have you not seen Age of 17 or Edge of 17? I've not seen it. Oh, what? That yeah. is good. Dude, that movie that. is fantastic. I see that. She's very good in that. Also, she's good in Spider-Verse. I forget yeah. she's in that. Oh, this yeah. is true. This yeah. is true. She's okay. also very good in Bumblebee. I've heard that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. We're just being like, yeah, she's pretty good in that yeah. movie, too. Pretty good. Maybe <laughs> Steinfeld just in general is very good. Pretty good. Yeah. What about you, Kyle? Yeah, so I'm... If I had to pick one that I'm, like, least looking forward to, it would, like you said, Dave, probably be Miss Marvel, just because I know the least about that character um, and that story. Um, I am obviously very excited for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, Loki looks, uh, like you were saying, kind of more along the lines of what WandaVision was, where it's kind of, like, weird, uh, just kind of weird happenings, and, like, maybe there's a mystery in there somewhere. Um, As we just said, excited for Hawkeye, because... Uh, Haley Steinfeld's playing Kate Bishop, and there's nothing not to be excited about with that. She's got a dog in it. Yeah. She's got a dog sidekick. That's very exciting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think probably the thing that has me most interested about What If um, is the fact that they actually brought in like all of the MCU actors to voice their characters in the mm-hmm. show. Um, and so like this show is going to be the last time we actually like have any uh, exposure to Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa because uh, he had already recorded uh, like hmm. material for this show. Um, and that's for an episode where it's like, what if uh, T'Challa had been abducted instead of Peter Quill? So like T'Challa is Star-Lord. Um, and hmm. so I think that'll be really interesting. And there's yeah. a lot of just like really interesting like alternate stories that they've already con- confirmed for the show. Like there's like, Marvel Zombies, and what if Agent Carter uh, was given the Super Soldier Serum? Um, and there's a, a couple other ones that they've said, but I just don't remember off the top of my head. Also, uh, um, why why can I not remember his name? Uh, the dude that is playing uh, Commissioner Gordon in the Batman. Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright hmm. uh, is voicing like the Watcher uh, yeah. in the show. So yeah. he's kind of like the, the narrator kind of guide for the whole show. Um, so I think that'll be really interesting. Um, yeah. It's going to be an interesting year uh, to to be a Marvel fan because we've also got like three other movies coming out. Four. four. So there's Black Widow, Eternals, Spider-Man, and Shang-Chi. Yep. Um, so yeah, four movies and five shows still this year. Ooh. It's going to wow. be a packed year. Very excited. Yep. We didn't get any Marvel for a year, and that was too much time off. And now we're just getting every Marvel thing ever for yep. the next three or four years and probably into beyond. Yep. Yeah. Probably wow. until the end of time. Probably. Yeah. Very All exciting. Right. Uh, on that note, we'll probably start wrapping things up here. Uh, this has been episode 42 of Cinebraskans, the Daily Nebraskan Entertainment Podcast. Uh, as always, I've been your host, Kyle Cruz, joined by my co-host, David Berman. As well as... Mia Everding. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. See ya. See ya.